It's time to take a therapeutic dose, a prescription strength reality TV podcast that explores the intersection of reality TV and therapy. Possible side effects may include entertainment, strong emotional reactions, and or laughter. Here are your hosts, Ramona Ramirez and Margie McGee. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Therapeutic Dose, a prescription strength reality TV podcast where we explore the intersection of TV and therapy. I am Margie McGee, and my co-host. Hi, everyone. I am Ramona Ramirez. And Ramona and I have been friends for like 23 years, and we've been in therapy even longer. And we both have various mental health challenges, and we've sought various kinds of help um, to manage those. And all along the way, we found that reality TV has been kind of an indispensable supplement for our recoveries of all kinds. And for that reason, we do not subscribe to the idea that reality TV is garbage. Um, because for us, it's a sociology class. For us, it's a outside look and outside perspective on our own family dynamics and our relationship dysfunctions. And for everybody, it can be, you know, cautionary tales giving us a look at what kind of monsters uh, we have the potential to become if we do oh. not tend to our mental health. There so, but for mm-hmm. the grace of insert deity here. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. And um, we both tried 10,000 uh, different modalities of therapy. So I'll just list off a couple of mine so you know where I'm coming from. Um, of course, I've done talk therapy with a psychologist. I have a psychiatrist who prescribes meds. I have an astrologist. I go to many 12-step programs. I go to church. I've read every self-help book, um, including numerous attempts uh, at getting through the artist's way. I've had an Akashic file reading to find out who I was in a past life. I've seen mediums, psychics, career coaches, writing coaches, ADHD coaches. I've taken sound baths. Um, I had a panic attack in a sensory deprivation float tank. And um, I've been to countless weird spiritual retreats in Simi Valley, and I've done yoga with goats and yoga with puppies. And so every kind of um, professional or experimental therapy available, I am a willing um, participant. You are. (laughs) And I love that. Um, Let's see. I am... um... I probably walked into my first 12-step room for uh, children of alcoholics when I was 12. And from there, uh, four years later, I started talk therapy, which I have been going to on and off now for, I guess that would be close to 35 years. So that is uh, over half my life. Um I, too, have um, been in various 12-step rooms. I personally do not um, I do not necessarily go all the time. I do love to pop into an Al-Anon meeting from time to time as um, funny how that will just – funny, funny how that will just pop up and uh, try to ruin your life. Um, it's a recurring theme. Recurring themes, right. <laughs> Um, let's see. I also, right now I have a, uh, I have a, a therapist whom I adore. I have a psychiatrist whom I adore. I have a ketamine doctor, a ketamine physician, and I have a ketamine therapist, both of whom I adore. Um, 
Let's see. I have a doctor for menopause. I have an OBGYN who specializes in menopause and perimenopause. And then I have my regular OBGYN and then I have my regular PCP. My entire team, oh, this is also including like my orthopedic specialists. Um, everyone knows about my, I, I uh, am an open book with all of my caregivers. Um, the point of hiding anything from any of them makes no sense to me as my end game is to be someone who is truly happy and satisfied and full of compassion for myself and others, like as I close my eyes before bed and as I rise in the morning. And so why would me keeping anything from any of those people who are on my payroll to help me, <laughs> why would I hold that back? Um, and it, it's, yeah. you know, it's a holistic issue. Like I think it's ridiculous to separate mental health from physical injuries. Anytime I'm injured, 100%. you can count on me being depressed and absolutely menopause is on the horizon. And I don't know a single woman who's gone through that. And everyone's been like, yeah, she's totally the same. It's like, no, yeah, I something mean, it, happens. So it's, it's, it's a reality for, yeah, for everybody, for women everybody. and for I mean, people who love them, right. anyone who's close to us. Right. So, right. Yeah. And if it's, if it's, if it's not, if, if it's not in your it's if it's not in your um in your reality right now it could be and like my friend Gabby always says what's the alternative like when mm -hmm. she hears people complaining about getting older so like, what's the alternative well good point mm -hmm. very good point extremely good point and the older I get the more that can sink in so yes I have um I have often sought out TV reality or otherwise as comfort ever since I was a child um I, uh, as someone who also has, uh, let's see, um, uh, I just saw, I just saw the, uh, the, uh, the super bill that my psychiatrist gave me for our little mini appointment we had the other day. Um, and so I literally saw it in black and white, like major depressive disorder, PTSD, major anxiety disorder. And then what was the other one? What was the other one? Um, I don't remember, but that was just for like my med management. So, um, yes. ADHD. A oh, yes. Thank you. That was, oh my God. The irony. It was like a comedy bit. Yeah. I irony. The hilarity <laughs> of forgetting to mention that one. Yes. The ADHD. Yeah. And um, I had that diagnosis after my child was born when I looked at everybody and I was like, what happened to me? I was a fully functioning adult, capable. I don't know what happened to her. Where is she? Where'd she go? Where'd she go? Um, and so, yes, that was the other one. Um, and I actually, full disclosure, you know, I had uh, recently, very recently tapered off of one of my um, antidepressants and um, the timing, maybe it was a, you know, a couple with the circumstances in my life. Uh, the net net, I'm back on. <laughs> I'm back on as of like two or three days ago, and I can already tell the difference. So who knows? Who knows? Um, I do know that I saw leaps and bounds in my um mental health when I started doing ketamine therapy. But that was that's a story we can get into um when we well, have more time. And I as love people get to know us. Yeah, and I love just addressing the notion that like mental health is 
it's fluid. It's not a math problem. Like you don't get a diagnosis and then you're done for life. Right. You know, in 12 step rooms, they say to treat it like a gym, not an emergency room, which means like you go constantly. Like if, if you want to be fit physically, you go to the gym all the time. And if you want to be fit mentally, you, you know, engage in whatever kind of therapy applies to your situation and that you find helpful. So exactly. Yeah. It comes and goes, man. But yes, reality TV has been there um, as comfort, as a mirror, uh, obviously as entertainment, as a distraction, but in no way, shape or form do I subscribe to the notion either that it is trash or without value. It is extremely valuable. And um yeah, Margie, do you remember what your gateway reality show was, Bravo oh, or otherwise? I mean, I literally have been watching since the birth. I watched The Real World, New York, and could not get enough. And I've watched, I've watched everything, literally everything. Um, anything that MTV has aired, Real World, Road Rules, The Challenge. I've watched Survivor. I've watched Big, uh, not not Big Brother as much. I tried, but I got bored. Um, <sighs> the Bachelor everything on Bravo. I, I just I, like, I dare you to name something I haven't watched consistently or tried at least once sister wives. I mean, the, um, you know, the true intersection for me of reality TV and therapy is that I found my therapist from watching a reality TV show, a terrible one called true Tory. And I don't even remember what channel it was on probably TLC or something. And it followed her and her husband who just had an affair and they were trying to get to the other side of that. And they were ridiculous, but they saw this couple's therapist who was exquisite. And I was incredibly depressed at that moment in time. And I found everything this woman had to say so helpful. So I sought her out and she's been my therapist ever since. And that was I like, love you know, story so much. I love it. Yeah. And I found my astrologist from listening to a podcast about Bravo shows. So, and I know I sound crazy saying I have an astrologist, but like, I don't care. I'm willing to try anything. And again, I went to see this astrologist at a time, another time when the bottom fell out of my life unexpectedly, and I was just lost. So I'm, you know, I think it can be, I am learning to reframe it as a source of pride. Asking for help is brave and scary and valuable and wonderful. So, right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think everyone needs therapy. I think everyone needs a fucking hug. Everyone needs therapy. Everyone needs a hug. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know anyone that doesn't, that couldn't use, um, here's something too, that someone once told me is that, you know, we take our cars into the repair shop to get oil changes well i mean if you have an ice car you get oil changes still or you or you should and um it's the same thing you take it to the mechanic for a tune up how about that you don't have to get an oil change whatever if your car doesn't have oil but um it's so true like once a quarter i might get a haircut you know uh once a year i might take my car to the mechanic um do I, if, if, if my mind isn't like going to the, going to its mechanics, like God help everybody 
especially me. That's just not what I'm interested in. No. And that's what we get to look at. Like with the reality TV shows that we watch and we happen to be at peak Scandival, which is a great moment in time to launch a podcast about mental health and reality TV. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so as you get to know us, you'll get to know more of our, you know, respective specifics. We'll go into details about things. Um, I'm always happy to share my experience with anyone who's interested. Um, this is a safe space too, for sure. You know, like I can tell Margie my deepest and darkest. She does have privy to my deepest and darkest. And I trust her implicitly with that. And I am so grateful to have a support team on my side that I actually don't have to pay that chooses to hang out with me and <laughs> listens. And I love you all for that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so yes, we are finding ourselves uh, the morning after the very first uh, Vanderpump Rules reunion episode. And what better time for us to kick off um, because that was, it was the everything most. they promised. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and I was telling you earlier that I, this morning, watched the Peacock unedited version. And there's very little else that's new in there. But every moment of that reunion was just a window uh, into <laughs> various mental health crises and mental health victories. And, you know, you and I both share a deep loathing and intolerance of lying and like James Kennedy was my king in this episode because he couldn't stand it literally he almost fought Tom Sandoval he left a bunch of times like and I relate to that feeling of lying just being it's so insulting it requires me to play the fool because you're going to tell a lie and we all know it's true so that means my role is to be like they're okay and like I'm not Raquel so stop it. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, yeah, that was, it was, it was nuts. I just, I just couldn't believe that. I, I, the, when, when they were showing the, um, the single shots, you know, the, 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 the shots interviews. of Andy, the one-on-ones, mm-hmm. um, I don't believe, oh, yeah. And then I think when they shot, when they showed us the clip of Tom off screen, but on mic talking to the producer, I don't, I believe that that was completely, he knew he was mic'd. He knew that was part of his scheme. It It was was, part of his plan. He Because he wanted to say like, oh, we've been hiding why we're, you know, why we're having such a hard time as a couple. So let's really highlight that so that I can fuck Raquel and then- decide on my timeline when I'm actually going to break up. And like, this came out in the most satisfying way for someone like me, who is like, just obsessed with justice. (laughs) Like to me, it's just like, yeah. And I don't mean to, I don't wish harm on him, but it's a, I'm so glad it's getting national attention because you get to look at what happens when you lie. And when you try to manipulate all the players around you, Maybe sometimes it works for some people, but usually the truth arrives in everyone's lives and um, it's a bad look. And the, like the repercussions financially, emotionally, it's all terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. I, I too, I too share that. Like 
my need for justice and fairness is what's the word i'm sorry adhd brain possible perimenopause brain possible lack of sleep uh brain adjusting to uh, meds again <laughs> what's that word when like uh now i forgot what i was even asking about my point is i have an insatiable need for justice on any scale justice and fairness and um it's probably my biggest trigger and I know it's rooted in my childhood. I like, I literally know it. Um, so yes, when I see, and again, it's like, while I feel like that, that Grinch gif, you know, where he like the smile just like <laughs> evolves and like just curly cues and it's perfect. Like I viscerally relate to that. I viscerally relate to the gifts of Maleficent throwing her head back and like laughing with her open mouth when I, when justice is served. I don't wish, I don't, I would never send a death threat no. to a Bravo liberty unless they were like, well, first of all, I don't send fucking DMs to people I don't really know mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I, yeah, like someone like a Duggar, I would probably see like, okay, if you want to throw a death threat their way, like, cool, you know, is that terrible? Yeah. I'm terrible. <laughs> no, I'm just, terrible. I don't want people to misinterpret like, you're, you're right. You wouldn't. I like, wouldn't. And I wouldn't. I would understand yeah. if you did. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, there I are think, some. Like, Right. Behaviors that are so atrocious that it's that's all I'm saying. I wouldn't fight someone who did, you know. Right. So exactly. it's I'd be like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're sending death threats to Sandoval, like you've got some issues that you know, go go clean up your house before you throw a stone. Well, um, that's the thing, is like yeah. all of my reactions to reality TV point out things in myself that are as yet unresolved. And like my part of the reason I started and stay in therapy is what my therapist has called fair world syndrome, which is, and I'm obsessed with it. I have been since I was a kid because I got lied to as a kid and I knew what the truth was and everyone was telling me I was wrong. And so in my adult life, I've tried to, you know, insist that everyone tell the truth and they don't, you know, and that I'm a bad liar. So I don't have that option and I'm fine with that, but I, I want to control everyone else and have them tell the truth. And, you know, so my huge reaction to Scandaval is still, you know, it's pointing out stuff that is still remains for me to work on, on that front. Totally. Yes. I mean, yes. I, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't think what I'm about to say is like mind blowing any reason whatsoever. I just, I have not once thought that Tom Sandoval had any remorse other than, oh shit, now what must the world think of me? This isn't like he's sitting there going, obviously I can't know this 100% for true, like for for true, for real, (laughs) (laughs) for true. But I, um, this is a man who is only concerned with how he is being perceived and he can't control what people are thinking about him and it's making him crazy. Well, and if you're going to lie on that level, you better be smart. And yeah. I think what this reunion showed us is like, this is an idiot. Yeah. And I loved everyone on stage, you know, suddenly, suddenly all these people 
seemed like adults to me. You know, I, I've been watching the show since it started a decade ago and they all just seemed like idiot drunk kids. And last night, these were people being like, shut up, you're making no sense. And like, and Tom Sandoval clearly had a few scripted lines, like I fart Mozart. And it's like, that that has nothing to do with anything. It's not endearing. You're not funny. You're a nightmare. And, you know, watching an idiot try to maintain a false narrative is just so uncomfortable. Right. Because if you just said like, I fucked up so huge and it will take a lifetime for me to earn back everyone's trust. I would be like, Oh yeah. Good luck to you. But instead he's like, no, no. Kristen was mean to me. And everyone's like, that was was so bad. Yeah. I, um, every time they flashed on Raquel and this was also, I noticed this during the season finale. Um, I am so curious about like what I perceive to be like just this detached, just, I don't know if I've ever seen someone so detached from something like where it just feels like the gravity of the situation is just completely being lost on her. And it is like, it's, it's very unsettling for me to see that it's like, I'm, it's disturbing. I'm disturbed. And the grossest moment was when Tom Schwartz was saying like, you know, I'm sorry I hurt Katie, but that kiss with Raquel was healing for me. And we cut to Raquel in the trailer and she like smiles like, oh, it's like, yeah, that's not a superpower. You, you, your kiss caused, wreaked havoc across your friend group. I mean, what are you smiling about? Just these people, like the fact that like anyone thought the fact that anyone would think like I look back to like my late teens, early twenties, when people would hook up with someone else in a friend group. I don't know. I, I just I can't. I know exactly where Katie is coming from. I know exactly why Schwartz moving on with you know Raquel as his gateway kiss or whatever, which also we we don't know. He, I'm sure he was hooking up with other people, but like it's like. The people saying, oh, what's the big deal? They were broken up. Like, no, she's part of the friend group. It's a trust and safety issue. It's a boundary issue. It's and so that's, that's what I loved them saying. Like, Lala, of all people, was like, she set a boundary. You violated it. And there are repercussions. That's all right. this is. You can right. whine and cry about not getting your way. But she said, I can't tolerate this. You did this. And so... There are consequences. Why do you think that you can just be like, oh, duh, sorry. Oh, man. And just work for him. I know. For him. He's gotten away with it, honestly, I think, until, I mean, I think we've all seen like little snippets of their, you know, their relationship when they were together about his behavior. Mm. Um, you know, it, when people don't necessarily like raise their voices or uh, speak or text in ways that, um, you know, uh, Katie has in the past been combative, um, whereas Schwartz has been like the, oh, shucks, oh, gosh. And it's worked for him. And it's just, yeah, he relied on that relationship dynamic to hide what a piece of shit he is. I want to just say, I will go on the record and say, like, I completely understand all of the rage that we saw from Katie over the years suddenly yeah and I believe that he was a monster 
I believe he was the monster. I believe he was a mentally abusive monster. Yeah. They brought out the worst in each other, no doubt. Like nobody is, you know, redeemable in this cast. That's the point of a reality TV cast. But in this moment in time, it was really interesting to me to see Lisa, Tom, and Tom just sitting there on the wrong side of history. Lisa especially was just like, and I love how hard the cast came at her. She owns Tom and Tom. Money-wise, she owns them. The rest of them don't work at Sir anymore. They are not, they don't need her. So Ariana was like, yeah, we're not going to be friends. And Lisa was like, oh, but I've always supported you. It's like, yeah, but I'm an adult now and I'm not going to do this. And when James just yelled at her, like, you're defending Sandoval too much. I was like, yes. I know. They all just spoke up. And I. It, this is the first time in a decade that people haven't just been reverent to Lisa Vanderpump. Finally, everyone's like, it's so clear that she is on the wrong side of this, that it's intolerable. Her misogyny was in spotlight last night. Her misogyny was, it was, yeah, it was illuminating to see it. She is a misogynist. She will coddle problematic men Mm-hmm. at the cost of of the women in her life. We've seen it. I saw it. It's gross. I find it abhorrent. A hundred percent. And I, I'm so glad that she was not given a free pass last night. I'm right. so glad that everybody's emotions were so hot that they couldn't couch it in anything pleasant. They were just yeah. like, you're saying the wrong thing. And I think- a few times people were literally saying, shut up. And like, I just, they're right because they're, they're 40 now. Like, come on, Lisa, you can't keep talking to them. Like they're 20 year old cokeheads who just got a job at your hostess stand. They have children. They've been through marriages and divorces and lived life now. And I just don't, it, what Tom Sandoval did was is indefensible so why why waste your time saying like oh people cheat and oh that's too bad and it was gross it was was really gross um let's see i wrote down at some point this night tom was really giving um carl lentz you know from hillsong that uh with his tears and um he just is it just so wildly contrived. Like, I think that he practiced everything he was going to say in the mirror. And it was just embarrassing and gross. It was just, it was gross. When I I think I told you this last week, like during the reunion and last night, just like the more Schwartz and, and, and Sandoval opened their mouth, like the more my vagina just like tried so hard to like just self seal. And just my, my, my body was like curling up on the chair last night when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, they're so gross. They're just so gross. They're awful. Um, But I loved that the second Tom Sandoval started to speak, everyone was like, James Kennedy again, just took control of that stage and was like, do not, do not yeah. cry. Get a hold of yourself, man. Ooh, 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 crocodile tears. And like, just laid it all out. Like he mocked him. He, you know, called it out for what it really was. And then, you know, he threw a couple insults and, and look who stopped crying all of a sudden Sandoval was able to collect himself. hundred percent. Also Hillsong real quick. There's a new documentary on FX. Have you seen it? 
I we just started watching a couple nights ago. So good. It's so good. We'll circle back because that we will we will for sure circle back. Another moment of a hundred percent justice of a sociopath. That is another thing. And that this is another sidebar where we can go on to like why reality TV is not trash. I get that the the same appeal of documentaries, that inside look that, um, you know, if we are to believe, you know, if, if, if they're showing us like truth, you know, if it's the nonfiction of, um, the film medium, it's like, Yes, we all go in, especially now, like the older, like the, the more we, we watch Bravo, the more we know that there, there are producers and there are storylines and all of that. But like, I think we can all agree that in the very beginning, when they were behind the gates of, you know, um, Cotto, DeCazo or whatever, um, it was like, it was just, we were watching footage of people in Orange County. We were well, watching a documentary yeah. and, and people, um Yeah. yeah. So people who yeah. don't watch say like, oh, it's all scripted. It's like, yes, until it's not. Until, until it's the not. FBI shows up to arrest Jen Shaw. Until Teresa Giudice goes to jail and her husband gets deported. Until Tom Sandoval, his mutual masturbation FaceTime becomes CNN headline news. Yes, it's scripted until, but that's what everyone, our real lives are that. Everyone presents and tries to, you know, put a certain image for themselves out in the world yep. in person and in social media. And every now and then you get cut off at the knees because life just comes at you too fast. So, yep. you know, we're all a reality TV show. Obviously these are exaggerated versions of human beings and they're cast to be that, but like, it's not all scripted. Scandoval nope. is unscripted on every level. And I love that that is what has gotten people's attention. Right. Right. Completely, completely. Um, Where was I going before that? The documentary, Carl Lentz. That Tom's crying, his fake crying. Oh yeah. I wrote, I wrote down too, that he's, he's Patrick Bateman. He's Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Oh my God. I really, I really feel like he is dumb. I think that he is, I think that he is, um, <clears throat> he's just so contrived. He's just, yeah, I think that he's, he's got some Patrick Bateman in him. Um, yeah. Attempting to rationalize his cheating is a knee jerk. Yeah. He, ra- yeah. He rationalized his cheating on Kristen last night for two seconds until they, until we until they were know. like, that was a decade ago when you lived right. in a shithole and exactly. it's exactly. not relevant. You bought property with this woman. Yep. You, she was freezing her eggs because you wanted a baby. Like, get it. Totally. Get, where are you? You and are then, not in reality. And sir. then rationalizes cheating on Ariana, which we've all seen, you know, in the last couple of months. I and just, he keeps like, trying. He keeps trying. He cannot read the room. It's like, nobody is buying a word you're saying. Like, and you're not charismatic enough to have us go like, Hmm, I wonder Mm -mm. if he is telling the truth. He's not. No, no. Um, at one point Schwartz started talking about the end of his and Katie's marriage saying that this is what I took away from it, that she wasn't there or she wasn't like supportive or empathetic you know, since he started opening Tom Tom and then Schwartz and Sandy's. And I, you know, I thought about that. And I, this, the first thing I thought of is that like, oh no, 
Sandoval isn't Patrick Bateman. Schwartz is Patrick Bateman. Schwartz oh. is Patrick I mean, Bateman. The two he, of them combined could yeah, be. Yeah, you're Pat. right. Patrick Bateman was slick and smart, but maybe yeah. if you put them two together, we'll get a half Pat Bate. Um, I think that if if Schwartz had been a good partner, a reliable, soft, trustworthy, empathetic, loving place for Katie to land all those times in all those years, I don't have any doubt that she would have been able to weather the opening of two, you know, two bars and whatever other bullshit was coming up. I just don't believe that Schwartz was a good enough partner to Katie. And to anyone. I mean, he's blaming everyone for that delayed opening. It's Sandoval's fault for being out with the band. It's Katie's fault for being too demanding. And it grossed me out when Katie said, you know, he prioritized everything over me and Schwartz interrupted and go like out of necessity, but you can talk, go ahead. It's like, no, she can't talk because you just interrupted her. So, you know, that is its own form of like, I know gaslighting is an overused term, but it's like you literally interrupted her and then ended your sentence with, but you go ahead and talk. So what you just did there is nonsense. And whenever (laughs) he did it, he he did it with a lot of venom. He did it. There was, there's nothing like neutral or like, oh, um, wait, actually that's not quite correct. It was like he, his little barbs, again, they're in soft, they're in a soft, lowered tone. He called her a troll. But yeah, like he goes from like, oh, I want to be Katie's friend. I love mm-hmm. Katie. I'm so sad to like, yeah, he, you know, making fun of her. And it's like, ooh, yeah, you're, you're fucking, you're emotionally abusive and gross. Yeah. yeah. He, I mean, I feel damaged after watching him. I do I'm too. Like, I do too. I'm like, oh my God. And these are, I think that both of those men are the kind of men who will not be able to find relationships with women who are that either like are like sure of themselves and know themselves um they're probably yeah i mean i just god help anyone who wants to date those two men after i find that the thought of that just to be disgusting like unless they get help unless they commit themselves to significant mental health work but you've said it before that you know one or both of them are likely constitutionally incapable of telling the truth yes and here's the thing, that's you guys, a limiting factor. we listen, I know it is so tempting to like, you know, label people, especially in this cast, um, you know, as a narcissist or as, um, uh, sociopath, pathological sociopath, liar, pathological liar. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We are not going to be diagnosing anybody on this show we are not qualified we are not licensed professionals (laughs) we are not qualified um we might have our suspicions we might say something like that to me seems like narcissistic behavior because when i was around a narcissist at this time in my life yada 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 that's what they would do okay i am not going to armchair diagnose anybody um But I will call out problematic behavior, toxic behavior. And yes, these people, these men, whatever. But Mandy was right. Every single person on that stage last night, uh, on that soundstage last night, had cheated except for Katie Maloney. Yeah, it it just is in this moment, the spotlight is on Tom Sandoval. So I even thought like, yeah, I understand that, Andy. But like, in this moment, something like really 
egregious is very current. So I guess we can talk about Ariana kissing Sandoval in the pool at the Golden Nugget, but it seems slightly less charged than Tom Sandoval fucking her best friend in their bed. Right. Okay. Like, right. It's not just messiness. It's like you said, it's like abuse. And Mm -hmm. I I don't know, it feels criminal to me. I know it's not, but it's just like so aggressively awful on every level. And, and it's not even just the cheating and fucking around. It's the investment in the cover-up. It's the levels of lies Sandoval tried to arrange. Schwartz will do this. Raquel will do this. Like he was trying to move his chess pieces and, you know, thank God the universe had other plans than to let him follow through with his fucking diabolical, uh, just like inhumane, unconscionable plan to get away with fucking Raquel. I know. God. I mean, the lack of humility, the utter lack of humility. That is so... That's one of my least favorite traits in another person is a lack of humility. Yeah, I mean, and Ariana said it. She said, you know, infidelity is not a reason to cheat. It does not excuse cheating or not infidelity, sorry. A lack of intimacy or problems in the intimate right. part of your relationship does not license you to cheat with someone. And she said, you either go to couples therapy or you break up. Right. And to me, like that is where these shows are a teaching tool in therapy for me. Right. Because it's like, that's right. That, right. And I hope everyone can get a look at Tom Sandoval is the cautionary tale of like, if you don't do the adult thing and either go to couples therapy or break up, the end result is some variation of what he's going through right now. It just exactly. is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I finally remembered what, <clears throat> excuse me, what, um, you had touched on earlier the constitutionally incapable part. So um, in AA, they use this book called The Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. You can often hear it called just The Big Book. And um, a lot of times in various 12-step rooms that are based on the 12 steps of AA, they will read is that part of that's part of the preamble, correct? So. Um, that the only desire for membership in AA is a desire to get sober, and anyone can get sober from whatever uh, affliction they are dealing with, unless you are constitutionally incapable of being honest with yourself and others. That might be like the fourth step or the ninth step or something. Oh, we yeah, can look okay. it up, but whatever. It's all of a piece, right? And so. Um, I believe that Sandoval and possibly Schwartz are two people, TBD on Schwartz, but um, I, I think that Sandoval is constitutionally incapable of being honest with himself. He's More shown male, no, but... he's shown no indication that no he's... indication. And the Schwartz, at least, I mean, it's really ugly the way he's doing it, but Schwartz at least is starting to tell the truth. Like he did not follow Sandoval's script. He said that they started, you know, Sandoval revealed that he and Raquel were fucking in August and Sandoval was like, August. Oh my God. And it's like, yeah, wild. he's telling the truth. He's starting to try to tell the truth and it's a really ugly way he's going about it. But at least there's some understanding in him that lying is futile and damaging to yourself and everyone else. The truth is, you know, you know, as my mom always says, the easiest story to remember is the truth. So just tell the truth. It's true. (laughs) Oh my God. You said that since we were kids and it's so true. Anytime I tried to lie, you know, when I was like 
out with friends or I went to Vegas instead of going to school, like I would always get caught in my lie. So I learned at a young enough age that like, yeah, you eventually will get caught in your web of stupid lies. You'll lose track. And you could have just started with, I went to Vegas instead of high school today, you know? It can just high school. I did. (laughs) You know, I did. What are you gonna do? I never went to Vegas instead of high school. I mean, I was just I was senior year, second semester senior year. I was sick of high school and they were sick of me, you know. I was gonna graduate. That's all we all wanted. So I was like, let's go to Vegas. Yeah, and I just wish I would I could do high school over again and I would just not take it as seriously. I really should have skipped a lot more school and gone to the beach a lot more. I mean, it's all, it depends on who you are. I try to impress upon my niece and nephews that like high school at the end of the day is basically pass fail, right? you know, unless you have like a real lust to go to Harvard or whatever. But even then my sister's a goddamn genius and she got rejected from Ivy league schools. Like there's other elements at play. Yeah. So, you know, apply yourself where you're moved to and like, I don't know. This is terrible advice. And go to Vegas your second semester of your senior year. That's bad advice. But like, I don't regret it. And it wasn't a big lie. And it, you know, I learned, I learned a very valuable lesson. You know, the easiest story to remember is the truth. Easiest. That's a hundred percent true. That's a hundred percent true. Um, I was sad. We didn't get to watch what happens live last night. Yeah. To my knowledge. Um, no, I was confused. I was too. I was one. Do you know if they are, do they have union writers on that show? Or are they needing to uh, abide by? Yeah, that's what I figured. No, um, I don't think so. I don't yeah. think like the shady boot section is written by a writer's guild member. I guess yeah. I should tell people that I uh, am a TV comedy writer, a member of the writer's guild. And so we are on strike at the moment, which means my <laughs> the majority of my job responsibilities at this moment in time is walking in a tight circle in front of studios for four to six hours a day, um, which is nightmarish, but it will result in something important. I believe that. Um, And in the meantime, it gives me all this extra time to watch more and more reality shows. Like I watched Selling Sunset. I watched the Hillsong documentary, like the amount of time I'm able to invest in my TV right now is exquisite. It's great. Do you have before we wa- we talk about what what else we're watching this week? Have you do you have anything else on the on the reunion last night? I think I think I've raged enough, and I think I'm grateful that we have two to three more weeks of um, getting to go in on these people. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm curious to see what the big reveal is going to be. The thing that Andy alluded to with Ariana on the night when she was on Watch What Happens Live and. I think what some of the cast have said on blogs, you know, that like June, I think June 7th is the last reunion is part three. Mm-hmm. Is that June seven, eight, nine? Yes, it is. And they're saying that, you know, Andy said it's something that will like, you know, it's changing. It's going to change everyone's lives. And I know we're all speculating and there were all the rumors that were on Reddit and various blogs that it was about Raquel being pregnant. I just, I don't know. No, People please. get pregnant all the time, like literally right now. Someone's pregnant. And someone just got pregnant and mm-hmm. someone just got pregnant. Um, I don't know. I wonder. I have, I have, uh, yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that closer to the reunion. But what else are you watching this? What else did you watch this week? 
Um, wait, the last thing I'm going to say, because it just oh. occurred to me is that I am so hardcore team Ariana that in those one-on-one interviews, her outfit was wild. It was suntan pantyhose and like a swoosh of tinfoil. And I was still like, yes, I love everything I about you, too. which is again, another lovely like therapy lesson of like, it doesn't matter what you wear. It doesn't matter what you look like. Like when you're a good person, genuinely trying to do decent things, you just are beloved no matter what ice skating costume you chose to wear to your one-on-one interview. She looks amazing, by the way. I would give anything to whatever. She wore it a great, great dress. But I, I was taken aback for a moment. I was like, what are we doing? Because her neck looked like it had wrinkles like mine. But it was just bunched up pantyhose. Oh, you're crazy. But yeah. No, but I, I mean, I don't mean, I just mean like she's a very young lady. And that pantyhose moment was, um, I don't know. It made me giggle and it made me adore her all the more. So yeah. that's that's my closing statement on Scandaval for the time being. I really wanted to see Katie's dress more mm-hmm. when she was wearing. Oh, I really wanted to see it more. I yeah. really, I, I liked, I liked her dress. I liked Ariana's dress. Sheena's dress was cute. I thought LVP's outfit was, I just kept focusing on like, I'm like, those appliques are going to snag things. And then I just kept looking and like, I'm like, and the earrings aren't the same shape. And I was just focusing on the other things that. Yes. She was just a gaudy chandelier of a woman. I don't like that. It was, I don't it, like that. It was so, me neither. And that's another thing is like, I wouldn't have even noticed her fucking sleeves in past reunions, but I am furious with her. And so suddenly I'm like, and you've made a disgusting wardrobe choice. Like yeah. you're an awful person. Yeah, I really physically, yeah. emotionally, and spiritually abhorrent. I I think I, I I have to agree. I know she's very revered, um, but I don't think that she's I don't think she's a nice lady. No, and yeah, she's being revealed for who she really is in this moment in time. And she's a control freak who buys men, you know, buys weak men to under the guise of taking care of them and supporting them. But all she's doing is, you know buying loyalty from morons allegedly agreed what else what else you watching this week um like i said i think uh i think selling sunset and hillsong are the ones that i remember if there were others oh i watched like Teresa's wedding on real housewives of new jersey you would have hated it it's everything atrocious about that yeah misogynistic uh husband wife dynamic um but yeah, the ones that stuck with me were Selling Sunset because their outfits were like Nickelodeon colors. And it's just, it's such cotton candy d- delight for me. And then Hillsong was the opposite. It was just like really, um, and I wasn't unaware of everything that happened, but I was shocked when the reveal at the end of the first episode, I was like, oh my God. God, I don't even remember now. Oh, they interviewed him. Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. But yeah, I didn't see that coming at all. I was like, he's talking? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That show was, it's really, it's really good. I really love FX programming. I really do. I really do. Um, Let's see. I, yes, we watched one episode of the Hillsong. I think there's four total or there, is it? I think so. Is it just 
I don't, I thought there were four. I'm not sure. One and it started rolling into the second one, but yeah. I like had to put myself down. I know, so I have too. not watched the second one me yet. Too. I've been doing a succession rewatch in preparation for this Friday's or this Sunday's season uh, series finale. And so I am like balls deep in season two of, uh, of succession and lot yeah. to unpack there. Um, but yes, yeah, so we watched, we have been watching um, The Last Dance on yeah. uh, Netflix. I didn't watch it when it first came out. There's sometimes I have this block when things come out and they're super, super popular that I'm just like, I can't, I don't, I can't. I didn't watch Game of Thrones when it first came out. I didn't watch Succession when it first came out. Didn't watch The Last Dance. Um, Tiger King, I think we started like after, like maybe a month or two after people started freaking out about it. Um mm-hmm. I, uh, same thing with like every subsequent season after season one of love is blind. Um, but I was so like coked up on the Lakers playing in the, in the Western conference playoffs and, um, started watching that a couple weeks ago and it's riveting. It's so great. And like, I'm so old that documentary I was, I went to school at the university of Michigan at like in the height of that bulls, you know, legacy and you know whatever I just have vivid memories of pulling a tv out onto a porch to watch the games with people and then to have this you know I was just like you know an idiot college kid drinking with friends and to see all of the drama that was going on behind the scenes you know it was fascinating wow athletes are such miraculous creatures to me because some of them are narcissists but like could they do what they do if they weren't you know? I, like, I mean yeah that's where Tom Sandoval loses because it's like the most extras is a joke your restaurant people go there as a joke I went there last week and it was disgusting the which one did was... you go to Tom Tom or Tom and Sandy or Schwartz, Schwartz and, Sandy. and Sandy's did okay yes with some other Vanderpump Rules friends and uh yeah it was atrocious the decor some one of my friends described it as looking like a cruise ship and they're not wrong okay it is so dark in that restaurant and the plates are black. So they're hiding something about their food. Everything tasted like it was all fried in the same oil. Why did I start on this? I'll let that go. Anyways. Oh yeah. I don't know. I don't don't remember (laughs) when one ADHD leads another. I know the last dance was part of it at some point. And then it became about fried food. So like, God bless. (laughs) I have lost the thread. I don't fucking know. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. We started talking about last dance, but then why did we go towards? I don't know. Don't ask. There's no, there's no train to follow on that. Um, Have you seen the, uh, the ABC documentary on Hulu about, um, Randall? Uh, Randall not yet is you it watch good that? I, I will did. I did okay. I did we watched it this week and I don't remember if it came out how long ago it came out but um I'm uh is it okay I don't know if this is like a spoiler but um so do you want me is it okay if I tell you one thing about yeah I mean I read story? the LA Times article yeah, and now too. I just want to see the people who offered their stories to that article. Like I love Amy Kaufman. She works for the LA Times. She's what the entertainment investigative reporter, and she's written a book about um, the Bachelor franchise. I will read anything that Amy Kaufman writes. I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, The young people, what I'm a stan. I'm an Amy Kaufman stan, (laughs) but I am. I love Amy Kaufman. I just, and that's another thing I want to say. I, and I am, I guess I could Google it right now. Um, 
the people that uh, the reporters at the LA Times that wrote the exposés on Tom Girardi and Erica Girardi, Pulitzer Prize winning reporters, okay? Reality TV is not trash. No, it's not an trash. education, man. It is an education. Not trash. Um, so, Randall. So, um, I watched Entourage when it was first airing on HBO. And then yeah. my sister and I actually went to, like, the film version. Oh, my God. We were the only people in the theater, if that tells you anything. <laughs> I, look, I look back on that choice, and I'm like, I can't believe I did this. Oh, it, was, it was of its time. It was you know? of its time. Um which doesn't make it okay, but it was of its time. I, I wonder if it would get made today. I don't think it would. No, no. I don't think it would. There's no story and it's just, it, it's, yeah, it's what reality TV is now. It's just like totally. hot guys fucking random women. That's it. Um. So. And everyone's saying Medellin every like, oh my God. every three lines. <laughs> so, you know, Turtle was probably my favorite. Randall Emmett was Mark Wahlberg's assistant. And I don't know, in the show, they say, you know, like rumor has it that the turtle character is based on Randall. Now, I need to definitively, I need, I need someone to tell me that this is absolutely true or even partially because I was all. (laughs) I mean, like (laughs) casting wise, there is like a similar look going on. Because turtle was utterly charming and amazing. And yeah. adorable. Um, okay, not utterly, but like, you of, know. Of the group, he the seemed group, like the right. human being of the um, group. But like, ew, don't ruin Turtle. Whatever. That show, they're all gross. I didn't so know Randall Emmett to... was Mark Wahlberg's assistant. He was his assistant. Weird. Weird. This mm-hmm. town is weird. Yeah, I got to watch that. that yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's I, I, I can't remember... I can't remember if there were new revelations because I don't remember. I remember reading the article. I don't remember what the details of the article were other than than the um, the money and the abuse. That, and you know like what? cocaine from lockers and like, yeah, like racial insensitivity yep. at best. But it sounds darker than that. And yeah, I'm just yeah, I want to hear their stories. I just I know that like, uh when I was in between jobs, um, I worked for someone in West Hollywood as an assistant, and he was definitely abusive. Like, I, yeah, long story short, my immune system just, like, started to fucking shut down, and I would get sick for six weeks at a time. Like, six weeks of antibiotics at a time, like could not get out of bed. And my immune system never bounced back from that. And it was because of the stress and the anxiety. Anyone works who works for someone who yells and swears and throws things and expects you to pay out of your own pocket for shit when they are the ones that make all the money. And then like, thankfully mine paid me back and he wasn't as bad as Randall. But um, I really felt for those kids that were trying to, like, go to Hollywood and start their way from the bottom to the top. And they they fell into working for people like that. And I just, like... It's, they're preyed upon. Like, Randall looks for people who are, like, new to the city. And it's, like, how Scientology finds people. It's, like, are you a little bit lost in your right. life as a 20-year-old? Like, everyone is. 
like come in to this and hold these cans and we'll take all of your money and tell you that we know how life works. Nobody knows how life works. If somebody did, there'd be a manual and we'd all do great. It's just, it was There's so no awful. answer. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I just really, he's so gross. He's so gross. He's so, yeah. And again, it's another, it's another thing of like knowing about who he is makes him more disgusting to look at. Now all I see is like a drapey chin and like a grimace body. Yeah. I Whereas just, before I was like, well, that's Lala's kid's father, I guess. So maybe there's something good. There's nothing good. He sucks. Nothing good. Nothing good. Um, yeah, well, that's our time. We've, um, oh, we're going to try and do these episodes um, within the time frame of a therapy session, which is, you know, 50 to 60 minutes. So um, we've hit the end of our session time. Um, and thank you everybody for joining us for our very first therapeutic dose. We're so excited, you guys. We're so excited. Like my, you know, people have asked me over the years, like, what would your dream job be? You know, and I'm like, talk shit with my friends all day long. That would literally be my dream job. And so thank you for joining us to uh, listen to us talk shit. And <laughs> again, do it in a yeah, yeah, I guess judgment, but also with compassion behind it as like it's part of mental health care. Venting is part of mental health care. True. I would I would edit everything I said if I was to say it to any of these people's faces, but I'm glad that this is a platform where we can say it to each other. And if other people tune in, that would be lovely. Yeah. And if not, I feel better after this yeah. hour. So and That's we are not me. licensed professionals. We are advocates of licensed professionals. hundred percent. We encourage everyone to seek out a um, health team, body, mind, soul that uh, fits your needs, who has integrity and who cares about you as a person. Um, they should be your professionals, not us. Um, no, we have lots of experience in therapy, but neither one of us has been trained. So yeah. uh, everything that yeah. you've heard here is um opinion not mm -hmm. uh professional um just uh, uninformed opinion not a professional opinion <laughs> uninformed <laughs> you know what i'm saying whatever i do i know you're caught up in this um thank you all for joining us for our first episode of therapeutic yeah, thank dose you so much and we will see you next week yeah we'll see you next week to when we offer our um our thoughts on the second installment of the vanderpump rules season 10 reunion specials can't wait all right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Ramona and Margie are obviously not doctors and do not provide medical advice. Their content is intended to be used for entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be, should not be interpreted as, or used as a substitute for medical advice or a diagnosis of any health or fitness problem, condition, or disease, nor a recommendation for a specific test, doctor, care provider, procedure, treatment plan, product, or course of action. My mom is a doctor.